This is a bad idea. Bad idea. This is your afternoon tonic. This is your afternoon. This is your afternoon tonic. This is your afternoon tonic. Hey man, will you just carry me around today? Like you're Anthony Edges, like running up in your arms. That's it. They took dibs on everything. your afternoon tonic so i i have a i have a dangerous bonus maybe Uh oh okay we'll see how dangerous as dangerous as the link i sent you of the lady shooting her own vagina <laughs> so i texted andres the picture of me holding those firearms yeah and he's like dude did you hear about this story because i was telling him like oh gun safety man Gun safety, you got to be really careful with firearms. Yeah. And he's like, dude, did you hear about this lady that was like doing like an online webcam and shot herself? And was then... she doing like an OnlyFans thing, like a sexy thing? Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, With a gun? With a gun that was What loaded. an idiot. Oh, my God. She, I guess she didn't know it was loaded. I was like, you're going to stick that where, young young lady? Okay. Young lady. <laughs> that's, uh, oh. that's what you decided to do. What a bad decision. <laughs> so... Uh, I was telling Liz about it. I'm like, can you imagine? She was like, can you imagine being the doctor? Being like, so so what happened? Like, as they're like sewing stuff up, like, what happened down here? So, yeah, no, it was just like, can, yeah, Liz was like, can you imagine being the, the doctor or the nurse coming in and be like, so, because it actually discharged inside of her. Oh, so my to, God. So I'm trying to imagine, Ow. like, how did this go? How did this happen? Right? I'm like. So first, first off, for anyone that's never held a firearm, right? You always check if there's one in the chamber. You clear the slide, yep. right? You always mm -hmm. pop out the magazine. You lock yeah. the slide and you make sure it's safe. Yep. Right? Because I've heard of this happening for like TikTok streamers. They're like, "Oh, check out my gun!" <laughs> and then they'll like accidentally fire it. Ugh, idiots. It's like uh, before we went the other day, I spent a half hour with my my friend, uh -huh. like doing it like practicing with dummy rounds over and over like oh wow you clear the slide nice load up the mag clear the nice, slide nice. clear the slide right because you want to get you want to be familiar with it you know yep yeah of i just course. don't know how people can do that man like that's it's so silly but anyway so cheers i don't know what you got to drink if anything whoa what I'm are celebrating you celebrating our brothers and sisters to the south with some tequila nice very very nice yeah there's Very no cool. beer in my fridge. <laughs> no, that's great. Really. So <laughs> we're going straight for the liqueur. Oh, yeah. Nice. What are you having? I have Mama Tried Citra IPA. Oh. Is she wearing like a like a pirate bandana or like a gypsy mm. bandana? Yeah, I, I feel like it's it. like vaguely Native American or something. But then that's a gun in her hand and she's blowing the smoke. Okay. So this is a good point for gun safety. Yeah. Never point the gun at something you don't want to shoot. It right. is very close to her nose. So, <laughs> I agree. I mean, it looks like it's a revolver. So unless she's been counting, I just want to like throw out that's very dangerous. Yeah. Don't point a gun towards your head anywhere near a face. Very yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Well, and, unless and you want to get shot in the face. Finger, is your finger on the trigger? You can't see. Okay. Okay. Because like, oh, you're, you're really my, into my that finger on like... the trigger thing, dude. The finger on the trigger thing—it's—it's it's really catching on now. Everybody knows that one because there was that case um, during the the Black Lives Matter. Um, uh, I don't remember one of them where they broke yeah. into a gated community, and uh, okay. there were those two rich the lawyers who were out on their front lawn with their guns in their hands. 
Oh, they have fingers on triggers. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was like, they don't understand gun safety and whatever. And then it's this whole thing with the Alec Baldwin uh, debacle, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. murder. <laughs> Dude, Dude, that th- have you seen the ads for the movie? The like, no. the they they're doing this this special on what I like MSNBC or CNN, one of the one of the channels, but it's like scored. So the ad is like the ad to uh, a feature film. So it has scoring and it's it's like all this lighting and close up on Alec Baldwin's face and he's like my finger wasn't on the trigger I know better than that and there's all these like images of a finger off a trigger with a gun like the finger on the trigger thing is really like caught on in the zeitgeist so I don't know man it, it's something doesn't add up and if About. nothing else like the guy should be charged with manslaughter still right yeah at the minimum like it doesn't matter if it was a mistake or not you still did that right I don't even know the whole thing it just seems like like uh the most that I've heard about it is like that should never happen. Uh, the other thing is like if you ever are the one holding a firearm, it doesn't yep. matter what someone else said. You are responsible. Right. You are responsible when you do something with it. Right. Yeah. So and then like the other thing that really bothered me is a, uh, it was George Stephanopoulos, some yep. little blip, you know, like on a YouTube short or something, right? Yeah. And well, and he, I think Stephan- he's the one who did the uh, who who's doing this. Oh, okay. Special with Alec Baldwin. But he's like, I sat down for an hour, talked with him, and and he's just so sincere. And with something like that, I was like, what? Okay. What is that? What? He's sincerely okay. sorry? He's sincerely upset? Like, he shot somebody. They died. Yeah. Like, it doesn't change the reality. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's it's disturbing, man. But he's a celebrity. What? Oh, because that should matter. Like, right. golly. Golly. You know, yeah, gun safety. So, what are the three rules, y'all? Don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, don't point your gun at anything you don't intend to shoot. Mm-hmm. And look at what's behind what you're about to shoot. Nice. And you yep. can break. If you only break one of those, you're still okay, right? Like the idea is like you have to break two rules for someone to get hurt. Is what I've heard. Mm, that's interesting. Right? So, like, if you only break one rule, it's not very likely that there's going to be any harm. Right. Right. But then if you want to be a good, safe gun user, you should be following all three. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, I want to go hunting now. Yeah. What do you you want to hunt? I want to hunt boar or deer, Uh I think. Probably boar. Hmm. I think boar. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I would, would, whatever, man. But the only problem is, dude, is like I have, after my last uh, shooting adventure right now at the range, Mm -hmm. I have even more respect for it to where... Dude, it's not a game, man. Like, it's a it's a very powerful tool. Yes. It's like I would equate it to like playing at a massive arena with uh-huh. a massive rig, and if you hit hard, everyone's gonna hear it. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. But yep. at the other end of that is like death and destruction and pain. <laughs> yeah, right? that's not usually on the other end of your your base amp. No, I mean maybe maybe for you because you don't wear earplugs when you go to Slipknot is what I learned. Maybe so. Maybe you would equate that. Maybe it's actually pretty accurate for you. You probably had death and destruction. Few, you probably had a few drops of blood come no, out of your ear no, at the concert. You that's probably ridiculous. did. No. You probably popped your drum. That happened but, to me on, a, on an airplane on a flight. I had blood coming out of my ear. That's not normal, Anthony. While I was flying, I had a sinus infection. Okay. And so the pressure was already really high, and then when we were landing, it mm. just burst one of my eardrums. Dude, you have to uh, you have to pop your ears. I couldn't because of the 
the, the infection. Mucus oh, that's terrible. That must have hurt a little. Yeah, it did. It wasn't good. That that sounds painful, yeah. dude. On the way back, uh, like earplugs, man. Because I didn't realize, like, I yeah. noticed it. It's been a while since I've flown, but on the way, uh, on the way out to yeah. Austin, I was like, man, my ears are actually fatigued from the cabin noise. Yes. You know. Yes, yes, yes. And then on the way home, like I was like right on the wing and the jet, like I could see the yeah. jet engine right there. Mm -hmm. I was like, earplugs, dude. It, it was so nice, so nice. Because then I took them out. And I'm like, it is so noisy in here. Yeah, it's fatiguing. Planes man. are super loud. Yep. So it makes me wonder about like you know, the uh, the flight attendants. You know, mm -hmm. like how do they not have hearing problems? Because they hear. I'm sure like they that do. Intense white noise. Yeah. And the other ones I'm concerned about is like all the guys that are on the ground, you yeah. know, directing the planes and unloading them. Dude, those yeah. engines don't stop. It's true, so but they always have earmuffs on. Yes, but you know what they don't have what? is they don't have a, a mask to to get rid of those fumes. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really, really bad for you for sure. Like, jet I, I, jet I, fuel I, is terrible. So I wonder if like half those guys get lung cancer. You know, yeah, like maybe. five years after they retire. I mean, living in a city, I think, like living in Long Beach, is yeah. worse than smoking cigarettes. Like if you live in rural Probably. Oklahoma and you smoke, that's not as bad as living in a city. Probably, like I've heard I've heard that before. Dude, when, when I was out there in Austin, man, the air was so clean. It was great. It was so great. So much cleaner, dude. Yeah. All right. So well, what 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 are your thoughts on on Austin? So we got clean air. I, clean air. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of a lot of folks that don't know how to hold their liquor. <laughs> that is true. There's a lot of there's dude, a lot of sloppy drunks I, around here. Uh, dude, I. Sloppy <laughs> drunks is a good night. way to describe them, I think. Sloppy drugs, dude. The one night we're going out of was that uh that spot Sea Boys. Yeah, on South uh, Congress. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the one guy like he goes to the, so I actually here's my theory now, because I've been thinking about that. I thought it was a hilarious scene. Uh it made there. me so annoyed. I, I know, but it like there like I think he was trying to get the scooter to work. Yeah, and he it was embarrassed. Working. And he's like, oh and he and he pushes it, and then he's still angry because he's that plastered. I'm gonna do all of them. I'm gonna knock. Like, he was Ugh. knocking all the. He was knocking a row of scooters on it's the like, sidewalk there was over. Like six or seven of them. They were we just, just like, standing. Stood, yeah, and, we just stood there and watched him. Right, and what did what did you call out? Like, hey, stop doing that. <laughs> I don't even remember. I was just like, uh, hey, uh, I don't know, like nice. You said something to him. I did. You said something. It wasn't like aggressive or anything. Like, hey, man, what do you cut that out? What are you doing? Yeah. Right. And then he just like looked at us. And did another one. <laughs> he did another one. Oh man. And then we found the next one. And I yelled back, "Hey, man, there's more up here. Don't forget <laughs> yeah, these." That was fun. <laughs> and then he just like looked, and then like, I, dude, that's how I knew he was like completely gone because he, he was didn't so like, try to like have a comeback. He didn't like have a rebuttal. He didn't. He had yell. nothing. He was. He didn't yep. do anything. He just know? kept knocking scooters over. <laughs> so. So that was interesting. And then the same thing that one night we were getting pizza. It's like this guy just like completely like falls into me almost, right? I'm like, I'm surprised he didn't eat it. Wait, which night? Oh, uh, I don't remember this that. It was Wednesday night. After our show. After our show. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I want a snack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want a snack. Yeah, I, I, learned, I learned that, that Brother Nate gets, gets hungry late at night. I do. I like to spread my meals out. Yeah. So... Uh, it's fun. No, it's always fun the, to get the, to get food after a show. The first pizza place though you took me to was way better than that one though. The first one's good. I like Hoboken pie a lot. That second one kind of sucked. The the first one had a much better like crust. It's actually I, I good pizza. The, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the sauce and the crust a lot more. The second one I was like, eh, it's whatever. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, that guy almost like fell into me, man. Yeah. But uh, it's it's cool, man. 
it's very interesting. Uh, the the town. I'm starting to get more of a feeling because like the south side is like more old. Yeah. Right. And the mm-hmm. north part of the town is newer. Yes. So when I was cruising around with my friend Dean up there, he took me to that. Uh, what is it called? The domain. Yeah. Right. Like an outdoor mall, and I'm mm-hmm. like, it screams of Irvine Spectrum. Right. It's just know? like Irvine Spectrum. Right. It, it, like it's all Fashion the Island. Stores, that whole thing. Fashion Island. Any of those spots. Any of those like kind of like mid level to somewhat bouge. Yeah. You know, not super bouge. Yeah. You know, but like in between, like like I'm, I'm like burn more money than I should. Yeah. On something that doesn't cost as much as like, or it's not worth as much as what they're charging, I should say. Yeah. Right. Uh, but this is why know, I like the South Side better. Like I feel like I'm I'm more of a South Side guy. There's I, like I there's so. a distinction. There's there's North Austin people and South Austin people. Yeah. No. If I was gonna pick a neighborhood, I'd prefer the South. Also, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. more open. It's a little more funky. You know. Yeah. Uh, but it's a cool it's a cool place, man. What I was really surprised by, is like every night we like we went out every night to go yeah. check out things right there's yeah. always a bunch of people yeah and i'm curious like uh if i recall you guys were saying that ut austin is on break right now mm, i think right? yeah I they think... were finishing up this last week i think they just finished finals or something i see so i'm curious if it's always that busy is yeah. it that been your experience is always people out like that yeah uh pretty much i mean so like the first night monday night that we went out that's probably the the slowest night of the week but there's still so many people. And it was pretty slow, except if you knew where to go. So like when we hit up Native Hostel for that for the uh that Latin music jam. Yeah. That was great. There's a lot of people there. And then Friends Bar was kind of like up and down over the course mm-hmm. of the night. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool, man. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Everyone there seems like mostly nicer. That's cool. Yeah. Or at least there's, like two or there's three plenty of douchebags as as we found. I like I only had it like well except for that one lady trying to get us to buy drinks from the door. <laughs> oh man, man, that was that was, that was good. You got you got all pissy about that. Well, that was the only person that I've that I've interacted with that was like kind of like snarky. Well, this this know? is a thing on Sixth Street where uh, bars will kind of have barkers out front yelling out their their drink specials to try and get people to come in and she said like one dollar shots five dollar margaritas or something silly yeah yeah and yeah. i said thanks for letting me know and she said haha good one right she was complimenting you i think so she was like, like haha great you one should, you should she tried to give you a high way. five and you were like fuck you <laughs> fuck you in your high five. <laughs> oh my yeah, yeah. It was fun right. though, man. I like that. I like it. I it like great. it. It's the the that that uh, Sixth Street seems pretty rowdy. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty rowdy. <coughs> but I, yeah, yeah. But it's cool though. I liked it, man. It's, it's a fun place. Yeah, fun place. The All countryside right. is really nice. Yeah, it's beautiful, especially it the hill me, country. It reminds me of Paso Robles for anyone from California that's been up in wine country. Mm. Uh. That was the impression I got. Like, where did I go? I went east of Austin mm-hmm. into the hills, and it reminded me very much of Paso Robles. Nice, yeah. <laughs> okay, so today we have a write-in topic from our patron Rosie Rosenquist, bum, who bum, has bum. signed up on our Patreon. So, if anybody else listening wants to submit topics for us to talk about, you can also sign up on our Patreon and be like Rosie. And who would want to be like Rosie? Exactly. 
Rosie's right. a patron, which makes him a, a better person than someone who's not a patron, right? That's, is that how that works? That's true. <laughs> He's also a fun guy to hang out with and argue he with. He is. Yeah. He is. All right. So, <clears throat> Rosie, this is what he writes. What did he say? Does an artist bear any responsibility or obligation to the consumer of art beyond the production, and in the case of live musicians, accurate presentation of the art? Or... Does the act of producing and presenting the art fulfill any such implied contract? Okay, wait. Okay, hold on. So, hold on, hold on. Uh, wait, you gotta. Can you send this this whole thing? Because I gotta digest this a little. Can bit. I, I think send I it? Can I send yeah, it? Can you? I wonder you, if there's a like, way that I can like just put it up on the screen. Can you share screen it with me? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to share screen it. I just I don't want to. I want to be careful about what information I'm showing. Oh yeah, give his social security number too while you're at it. <laughs> Here we go. Here's how I'll do it. All right. So for anybody listening, we'll just have to read it a lot to try and digest it. But if you're okay. watching, here we go. All well, right. So I'm going to read chunks. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to read that first paragraph one more time. Does an artist bear any responsibility or obligation to the consumer of art beyond the production? And in the case of live musicians, accurate presentation of the art. Or does the art, does the act of producing and presenting the art fulfill any such implied contract? So, so like if you come to my concert and I play something, but I do a live arrangement, is that, that the point like versus like what's on the record? Uh, well, I think, I think the, the basic question is, does the artist have any responsibility to the consumer? So, the production. so Rosie... Rosie Rosenquist, the patron who submitted this question, is a consumer of our podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So do we do we bear any responsibility or obligation to Rosie? I don't And then and then we so. can extend beyond this. Does does Metallica have any obligation to its fans to produce music in any particular way? This is tricky now. I have to think about this. So I don't really think you have any responsibility, do you? Well, so if if Rosie is is paying on our on our Patreon, yeah, for access to certain content, right? Do we have an obligation to provide that content? Because this is something that I feel bad about. So if I if I have patrons on my Patreon, like my personal Patreon, who sign up for the backstage pass where they get full concert videos. Mm -hmm. If I haven't put up a concert video in a long time, I start to feel bad. I see. But yeah, should I, I not? Like, am I obliged to to fulfill it? Because they're paying for uh, videos, and so if I'm not if I'm so if I'm it, not providing that videos, then they're not getting what they're so paying for. So is it contractual for. though? Is it, is it is there an agreement? Like, I will I will release so many songs or so many videos or so much content per period. I mean, I think you can get in trouble by overpromising things like that. But yeah. yeah, but if you also say I'm going to do it all the time and you don't do anything, that's obviously bad. Yeah. Right. If you say like I'm like if we we have a, an app uh, an afternoon tonic episode every right. week. Yeah. And then we go for a month and we don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Then that's we're not uh, fulfilling our side. Right. Yeah. But then I also like, but I feel like part of this though also is like, is this this responsibility or obligation? 
Like, is it like that we're responsible also for what we're contributing? Am I reading it wrong? Like, well, like, I don't know. So okay. like right, right. So they... safety, and then people go buy guns, right? Does that mean that we promoted firearms on the show? Well, I, I, I guess I don't know. I, I think it's more if we talk about gun safety and then people start being safer with guns. Yeah. Then we did promote gun safety, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I think the end of Rosie's question, or does the act of producing and presenting the art fulfill any such implied contract? So I think, I think there's embedded in that if we make music, we are sort of fulfilling the contract mm -hmm. it, or could be, there could be a question about whether or not we have to be making a specific kind of music. So if people become Sap and Claw Elixir fans and they just freaking love Eager Beaver and all yeah. they want is more parables about woodland creatures. Cool. In a vague blues form. Very vague. Right, and that's what they want, and they they don't like any of that other. They don't they don't like. Be careful what I say. They don't they don't want any of that stuff. So they buy our albums, and they want us to make more Eager Beaver, Eager Beaver yeah. Two, Eager Beaver Three, Eager Beaver Returns. So, but, at point, but at that point, I don't think we're being artists. Bride right of Eager Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> the Beaver Returns. Beaver chipped a tooth. No, but at that point, oh like, poor I, Beaver. I would dare say we're not really being. That's not art. We're not like necessarily doing it as art then. Maybe right, where we we're becoming a service good. provider. Yeah, we're it's a consumer good. Right, this is this is where, it, where it's tricky. So, because that's like that's like oh well, this is what the market wants, so I'm gonna do this. It could still be art, but right. also like isn't it like we had this idea of a sellout? Yeah. Right, or like oh they went pop, right? They went commercial. Yeah. Right, they lost their edge, whatever it is. Right, I mean that could be like either you just sucked before and now you sound better and that's why people like you more. You know what I'm saying? But like yeah. I don't know. I think it's a like for it to be art, it has. To, does it have to be meaningful or how do you? Well, I don't know. So, art? so I had I had um, I had Joe Garza and Ben D'Alessio uh, of Reckless Muse. Mm -hmm. uh, we recorded an episode of Music in Mind, my other podcast, last night. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not out yet, but it will be soon. Um, nice. But Joe was asking me what my definition of music was. And I think it's 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 similar to this uh, this conversation about the function of art versus uh, a commercial good or something. Like, is a film score art? Because a film score is definitely a commercial good. Somebody is paying somebody else to provide to provide them with content that fulfills the need of a movie. Mm. But like that. So does that? Does a film composer have an obligation to the director? Yes. Right. But I also think that's like why you should be careful of who you work with. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you, you need to hire the right person for the right job. I right. Think. I mean, but maybe that's my own personal preference. I feel like if you try to tell someone, like this, say you know, like you're not going to call like a metal guy to come to a, a you know, uh, like a, like a, I don't know. What's a good example? A jazz gig? Like, I don't know. A, a, sure. Well, maybe, but those guys might actually just shred and be like, "Yeah, man." Uh, I'm I don't know. A, like, a bluegrass gig. Sure. Yeah, that's that's probably better. So, are you gonna call a metal drummer <laughs> to sit in <laughs> with the bluegrass band? <laughs> 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 They're like, 
like, can you stop that? Right? I mean, that would be hilarious. Right? So, so I think, though, that people do the best when it's already kind of in their wheelhouse, so to speak. Right? Like, you got to call the right person for the right job because otherwise it's not going to be as good as it could be unless you're right. So, but, but does that person have a responsibility? So it's the question, does the metal drummer have a responsibility to try and be the best bluegrass drummer they can be? Or do they show up and they go, no, I'm a metal drummer. Like you hired me. Yeah. 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 This is like, this is like the idea of like me teaching guitar lessons, right? Right. I can strum a few chords, but I'm not a guitarist. So it's very, in my mind, it's very disingenuine to the music as a whole to try to teach guitar. Yeah, I have the same thing. Like I, people have asked me to teach bass or voice or other like instruments mm-hmm. that I don't feel comfortable teaching even. Yeah, so I, I think like, cause that's like the guy takes the gig like, oh yeah, I can do that. And they don't know the style at all. But sometimes know. that helps you. Like the way I learned how to play banjo was I took a gig two weeks out, not knowing how to do it knowing that my next two weeks I would be up all night every night figuring out how to do it. Sure, sure. So I said yes, even though I didn't know how to do it because I wanted to make myself know how to do it. I mean, so is there a difference then between art and consumer goods? Because that's what I would call that, right? Like if you're if you're hired to play, because like, like I think he's saying too, like uh, in the case of live musicians, accurate presentation, right? So if you're hired mm-hmm. as a cover band, yep. right? And I'm like, my, my whole idea is like, man, it'd be really fun to be like in an 80s, like 90s cover band. Right. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Right. But then you don't play it like the record at all. Like, I mean, I, sure. Like maybe you can do some cool uh, arrangements that are different. Yeah. But like a tune like Sledgehammer. Right. We we're talking about this. The yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a great tune. Like, why are you going to mess with it? And it's like, I, 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 I compare it to like, you know, uh, if you're a fan of Beethoven 7, mm-hmm. are you going to reorchestrate that? Like, are you going to do a better job? That would be fascinating, actually. Okay. No, no. The episode's over right now. <laughs> well, actually. Uh, what did you just say? Are you serious? When uh, nothing sacred to you? My, uh, my oh orchestration, my too. Uh, when I was in college, uh, we, had, we had two semesters of orchestration. And the second okay. semester, that's essentially what we had to do. So we would get four or we'd get piano reductions of something like Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, and then we'd have to reorchestrate it and then compare it. So we'd have to orchestrate it without looking at the original, and then we'd compare. Okay, so my logic is- I mean, I think it's a very interesting exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my logic is flawed. It's just like, man. I loved that class, by the way. That was very cool. That was fun to do. Yeah, well, because you want to deconstruct everything and like rebuild it. No, but it was like crazy things where like, it would be like, we did a Wagner piece and we, we wrote it for a regular orchestra and it's like, Oh no, he has seven different cello parts. He has like the VC, the VC, the VC, and then a soloist. Whoa. Yeah. I think that, that, yeah, that's man. We just need you. You know what I will say? I appreciate about Austin is all those guitar trios, man. It's hard to mess up a guitar trio. That's true. You can't play too much. And some of them are really, really good. Some of them are really good. So back to the question though. Yeah. Uh, does the art, does the act of producing and presenting the art fulfill any such implied contract? Yes. So if I get up there and I play Eager Beaver and it sucks, mm-hmm. you still heard it. You may not like right. it, but you heard it. So, so if if I the prefer- metal drummer shows up to the bluegrass gig and just double basses the whole time, and he's like, <laughs> "You hired me to play drums." <laughs> he's like, "That's how I play drums." 
And he's like, and you're like, what about that tune that was in three? You you just played it in four and just like went for it. And he was like, that's how I play drums. Yeah, you hired so. me. I didn't. I think so. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to call the right guy. <laughs> After I call the right I'm person. I'm imagining it. Like, honestly, this is a, I want to hear this gig, actually. <laughs> Like, Everybody else, do if you're boom, a bluegrass boom, thing, boom, 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 and he's exactly, and then he does like the breakdown, like when when do you think they would freak out when the guy brings out a drum set, like any part of a drum set, two kick drums, two kick drums. No, that's what I'm saying. Would they freak out when they just saw like any part of a drum set? Be like, hey, this is a bluegrass gig, man. Or would it just be when he pulls out like a, the double pedal, the double bass pedal? And they're like, wait, wait. And they immediately go over, talk to my Lynn player. Hey, man, oh, he, he's got a double kick pedal. He's like got that. like eight cymbals. <laughs> they're like, no, no, we want double bass, not double kick. Yeah, double bass. <laughs> it was, it, this is a problem. Maybe it's like a bad Facebook group, you know, and they're like, oh, we need a double. We need a double bass player. He's like, yeah, rock out. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up. I'm there, guys. I know all the tunes. <laughs> He's like, the worst He's like I know Cannibal Corpse. I know Opeth. I know... <laughs> He's like, we're doing some Napalm Death metal. tonight. <laughs> yeah, and the Bluegrass Band, like, they have to have them there because their contract says they're a five-piece. And there's only four of them. So if they don't have five, they're not. They're like, uh, do you, can you do turkey in the straw? <laughs> oh my, that'd be the worst gig ever. I could do turkey in hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. She's Louise. Yeah, dude, I think. So I don't know. Doesn't artists have any responsibility to their audience? I don't think they do. They shouldn't. Does an artist have. Re- hmm. I don't think they should have responsibility to the right, consumer. but a, a business has responsibility to their patrons. So is it the same thing? Because then at some point, well, because like Metalocalypse, right? So, so is, that so band is, became the the third largest economy in the world, right? Really? Oh, in the that, show, you mean? That's the story of the show. But then they kill their audience. They literally like run them over with tractors or the stage like falls apart on them, you know? That's that's true. Yeah, a lot of people die at their shows. Yeah, and that's metal. That's what they're like, so metal. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And the drummer's from Wisconsin. Oh, really? Pickles. Good to know. Pickles. Oh, good old pickles. Good old pickles. (laughs) Yeah, because like, so, yeah, because then I guess you have to define like when is it a... Like, what's the difference between an artist yep. versus an entertainer versus... Because, like, you could... Ar- like, can't you argue, like, someone that does a Vegas residency? Mm-hmm. Like, is that still art? Or is that entertainment? Or are they the right. same thing? I mean, it's I, I, they, can, they, they can coexist. I think, I think. that... I think in, in, in any situation where there's, where there's money being exchanged, they have to at least coexist to some degree. So like a comedian is a good example of comedians who spend their time chasing their audience don't actually do very well. Comedians who assert themselves and say, this is me and I'm unapologetically me tend to do much better Hmm. because people are paying them to be them. But then that is sort of what people are paying them for. And so if, if they're not doing that, 
I mean, it's tricky though. Now I'm, now I'm like contradicting myself because if I want to say there's no obligation, it's mm-hmm. like I still think of skill set, right. right? So if I don't practice my my upright bass and I do some long tones and I don't work like with a drone, like my pitch will not be as good, right? My intonation won't be as good, right? And then can I really say, well, that's my art, man? It's like playing out <laughs> a tune is your art. Could be. Like, I, I guess it, that's what I'm saying. Oh man, these questions are so tricky. They make my head spin. Yeah, it makes me question everything I know. All right. Well, what about you? Want to you want to go go into the chaser? This formerly do it. known chaser. as extra credit. I like chaser better. It goes with our our show title better. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Afternoon tonic and a chaser. Yeah. No yeah, chaser. Right. No chaser. So so if if you play a two two set show. Yeah. And in between sets, everyone in the audience comes up and tells you how much they hated everything <laughs> you did in the first set. <laughs> I like this. Everyone in every single person everyone. tells you that they hated everything you did. Even the cat in the alleyway goes, Meow, you suck. <laughs> They're like, that look you made, like the, when you smiled at each other, I hated that. Okay, so everyone I mean, I actually up. really want this to happen in a way. Well, we still have time. Yeah, we can make it a goal. All right. So, the, so if that happens, should you change anything you planned for the second set? If so, yeah, here it is. Have you yeah. compromised your art in any way? What if ninety percent of the audience hated it, but ten percent loved it? What if a hundred percent of the audience felt like the first set was kind of okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So if everyone hated it, right? I really so like I this question, out, by the way. I want to what I want to point out is this says audience. These are not fans, right? Cuz I think if they were fans, they already know what they're getting into. Right. Yeah. But an And if audience, they hate it, it's their fault then. Kind of it's like, "Hey, hey, if you didn't like you, you like I want to want to say too like if they're fans and it's a show like they might have even have paid money to come see yeah. it, which means they probably heard us somewhere else or right. like saw a clip, so they have an idea of what it is. If they still don't like it, eh, you know. <laughs> but like, this is just an audience, so we're gonna assume that these are people that we have not interacted with. Yeah. yeah. Should you change anything you plan for the second set? It depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to win people over, then probably maybe? this this but is I, a very this is a very economist way of looking at it. Yeah, it is. Because like it, it, yeah, what are you, sorry should is entirely based on what what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it the goal to get people to like you, right? Or is it a goal to have them embrace your music? I mean, is it possible to play really good music and just have people not be into it? I don't think that's possible. There's there's part of me that rejects that like this is a little bit like what we were talking about at my house the other night at three in the morning when we were yeah. giggling like little girls. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, about uh, you said somebody had said to you that you don't ever need to practice again because eighty percent of the people won't know oh, the yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah. Between between like a, a pretty good musician and an amazing musician. Yeah, and I was saying I actually don't think that's true. Right. Well, I, I, I don't think it, I, I think it can be exposed, but it depends on what, in what capacity you're working. 
But I think it's related to what you just said about is it possible to play really, really good music and have no one like it? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it is. So it's like, like we were I talking about John Mayer. So John Mayer is like sort of known as being somewhat lame to some people, like making kind of bland music. But actually, I think he's a killer musician. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the status he has achieved is a testament to his skills, not just as, as a musician, yes, also as an entertainer. He has a comfortability on stage where he can be charming and authentic, at least seemingly. He can, right, right, right. He can come off that way. People buy it. I mean, yeah, he's, it, he's it really is like a nice dude. He could just be a nice dude too. I don't it actually don't. I don't think he's a nice dude. I feel like that's it. It's not that he's a nice dude. It's that he's an impressive dude. Mm. Mm. Like I watched, I watched this, uh, this talk he gave at Berkeley about songwriting. It was amazing. It's like a his understanding of music, his ear is incredible. And his his musicianship is like very high. He's a great guitarist, man. Yeah, sounds wonderful. He also has like a killer rhythm section, man. Yeah, I know. Right. All that blues trio so with Pino. Yep. 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 What? <laughs> yeah. So like, but so but it, but I. But think so it's not possible for people not to like him, essentially, right? I think so. But like, it, like, like, so if we talk about, uh, I'm trying to think of something that I think is very good, but people are more, uh, polarized on, like maybe funk music, right? I, th I happen to sh think Parliament, right? Yeah. Uh, funky as heck, dude, right? And I don't think it's everyone's thing, but no one can listen to it. Of course, I'm like I want to dance right now with you singing it. Like, 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 oh man, like I have to, like, I gotta do something. Like, I can't, like, I stay, like, right? You're fighting it. It's unnatural. Like, you're intentionally staying constipated in your mind. Like, no, I will not move. I will not move. Right? Yeah. Now, I've, but what's funny is like I've heard people describe Parliament. It's like Parliament. Uh, it's like, oh well, you know, it's like true funk when they can use fart sounds and it fits. Right? I'm like. That's a weird way of looking at it, but I guess they're kind of right. But and, and to me, it sounded like they were kind of putting it down. Like uh, maybe it's like too simplistic, or like it's too much about the groove, and there's not enough harmony, there's not enough intricacy in it. Yeah. But then it's still intoxicating to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Right. And I want to think like they're one of the best funk bands, uh, funk bands in history as far as like notoriety, you know. So yeah, I think if you do something well, mm -hmm. someone's gonna like it. Always. Yep. And so I, what I would want to say is if you do a set and everyone hates it and like, ev like literally everyone hates they it. They hate it. Is I feel like you're actually on the right track. Like they can't, it's not possible because if everyone hates it, then it has to just be bad. Well, okay. Okay. So then here's a question has to just be bad. What about like, uh, I mean the, the stories are a little inflated, but what about like the right of spring or something like that? Stravinsky. Oh, you mean with the riots and all? Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought that was like too exaggerated. I don't I mean it is too exaggerated. Okay. All right, let's take it to like free jazz. What about like John Coltrane? Okay. I mean I don't know his free stuff as much. I I know like 
Well, how far do you get with him? But what about like my favorite things? Sure. Where he, he like goes, little, he, he gets a little he, out. Right, and then keep going from there. Like I'm trying to think, like Love Supreme. That's still like fairly. Right. Like, okay. Like, all right. All right. Was Sun Ra. So I think I don't know as much of Sun Ra. I've checked out a little bit, but yeah. I want to say like, like if you're into your own thing, mm-hmm. and you believe in it, then someone's gonna buy it. Right. I mean, somebody does buy it, but like some of those early, those early free jazz people would definitely walk a room by going. Mah, mah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, I would hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. I know. I would not like it. <laughs> like you, because I feel like that. I feel like that type of thing. It has to be. It's like a seasoning. I, I think of all music. Like I, I relate to cooking. Right or poker strategy. If right. you just like this is how I play poker. This but it's kind of hard to food. season with that. No, it's not. No, it's not. I, I would compare. I, mean, I guess. I guess I, we you know we season. Like? We season with that. We you and I. Sap and Claw seasons with that a little bit. You can bit. do this with food, man. What you yeah. need to do is like you know you need to have a ridiculously hot hot sauce. Yeah. Right, and it's like, hey, we're gonna have a bite that's gonna like burn your mouth, mm-hmm. right? And then after that, we're gonna have something really vinegary or something really sweet. Right mm-hmm. to where it's like, oh, it's too much. It's too much. Right. Like it's like like food. Like it's it's kind of made more. Right. To like but you're into balance. Right. You. Yeah, but I, I can dig. I can dig something being really spicy or really bland and having contrast. Right. You know, like like otherwise it's like kind of boring, you know, so I think you can go like turkey sounds. Right. Like you can have that. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Sounds. Well, okay. So what about this then? I we're we're a little far afield from the question, but um, so Corey Taylor, the singer from Slipknot, talks about this, and it actually connects with me a lot. Is he likes to the idea of sort of white noise, just like pure chaotic noise, as okay. the starting point. That's the palette, and then from there you can craft form. Yeah, but you're not, you're not starting from nothing. So it's sort of the opposite from starting from still silence. You're starting from maximum and then you're crafting from there. So everything is for- everything yeah. is going to be have gravitation towards maximum. Um, I was, oh, what's the name of the album? I was just listening to Slipknot the other day actually. Yeah. I'm trying to understand it, get into like more of this really heavy aggressive music. Mm-hmm. And and the thing was <laughs> Yeah. It was all these like crazy sounds and like it was like drums and distortion and like yeah. sound effects. It was all this stuff. And then all of a sudden the beat comes in. It was like, whoa, okay. Like I, I, I kind of get it, but yeah. that's fatiguing. That like yeah. it makes like I was just saying, like on the airplane, I like to wear the earplugs because like the white noise makes me tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because I definitely come from like from the latter of what you said. I see music as disturbing silence. Right. Right. It it doesn't even really enhance it. Like if the piece goes on and on forever and you never stop. Like it's, I don't want to hear that piece, right? If you started and it's like, oh, this piece is twenty hours long, right? I'd be like, no, man, come on. Three what do you think about what about Eric Satie's vexations? I don't know that at all. It's eight measures, and it's repeated, like four hundred. I don't remember the actual number it says, but people will do it for like twenty four hours straight. Okay, so that's more of like a meditative trip, man. That's, yeah, they're, like they, they did it at, at at UW, and I think they had piano players swap out. They just play play the eight measures on piano, and then every two hours they'd swap swap out. So it was just going continuously. I don't know about this. I should look into it. I mean, I can get into it for like the meditative side. Yeah, like transcendental. 
Yeah. Right. But I, I'm saying like, I, I doubt you'd have too many people like that's probably something that everyone's like, I like, man, it was really good for about five minutes. You might even get a guy like, man, for an hour, I felt so peaceful. By the second hour, it was like, play something else, you know, <laughs> get out with it. I mean, that would be hilarious if you, if you made a concert that you told everybody ahead of time, we're playing vexations for 24 hours and two hours in someone's like, play something else. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. That's not on the bill for tonight. You need to come back tomorrow. Yeah. Or actually, not even tomorrow. Two days from now. Yeah, because <laughs> we're still going to be playing this tomorrow. So, so the the question then, have we answered it? Is should okay? So, if everybody hates it, should you change? Are you compromising your art if you change it? Yes, so you're if, compromising, but should you? So, if everyone hates it, if everyone, hates I kind of love it. I want everyone. Like, I like this experience a lot. I want people to viscerally hate my music sometimes. Like that album I did to, uh, last year, hiding. Okay. I feel like that's an album everybody could hate. Okay. They could. I mean, I thought like I thought there was some like clever things in it, right? What if clever. I'm wrong? Yeah. Right? What if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? What if I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. What if we're all wrong? Right. Right? Like it's cool. Like and and the way like the like I don't even know what the right words to describe it. Like you had like these uh these sections where it was like it's just more like ambient textures, if I can say it that way. Yep. That in my mind, like, actually, it creates a lot of doubt because there's like, I don't know what's solid or not. Right. Right. And then it's like, it, to me, it gave like, the, like, if I use the the lame classical term of like word painting, like you're saying the scene through the, the texture, right. creating the context, right? From how you're presenting it. Right. So, I mean, I could hate some of it. It's not what I would play every day, but I could still dig part of it. Mm. I don't know if I would say I hate it, though. You know Is there I mean? any music you hate? No. I don't think so because like even the free stuff like even free stuff like i can i can appreciate part of it if you're talking about this is unrestrained human emotion yeah then i can get it but it's the same thing do you really want to see some guy going crazy like just like smacking his hand into the dirt and throwing up sand all day that's what i kind of feel that yeah. is you know it's like is that really entertaining or do you want to see a guy like build a cool sand castle and then like knock it down like that's way cooler to me that's I mean so that's that's what my uh, my improv professor in um, at UC Irvine said free jazz he was talking about the blues free jazz comes out of the blues so what you're talking about about build the whole sandcastle and knock it down it says if you if you listen to like a, a really really long blues like BB King Sweet Sixteen or something it lasts like twelve minutes it starts off real it's like mm -hmm. super slow and super chill. It's just this really slow shuffle to that kind of thing. And so it takes like a long time to get through the form. Yeah. And then they go through it again. And again, it's just building an intensity each time. And the keys come in and the horns come in or whatever. Mm -hmm. And by the end, he's like screaming. And like he does this thing where he like falls down on stage and the band helps him up. It's almost like a James Brown move. <laughs> I need my cape. Exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly and but it's like blaring and they're just like hitting hard and they're just like wow like everybody's wailing at the end and they're still doing a blues and so what he said is that free jazz is they're just starting at that end point and going from there yeah so but but I, so but then that's also like unrestrained emotion i want to say yeah right and and the problem is like unrestrained emotion is uh terrifying Yes. Right. Like that's like having a yelling match with your spouse, 
where you don't even remember what you're fighting about or something. But you're just but, screaming and, and you're like losing so your mind. Pit. Yeah, it's yep. like I'm so frustrated, like, you know, to a point of like it's like hysteria. Yeah. You know? So so if everyone hates it though, it's just bad. If everyone hates it. I mean well, what I'm, about you? What if you don't hate it? Well, I'm not the audience though. I'm gonna define everyone as the audience. Okay. Because, oh, well, be, oh, okay, but, okay, fine. If it's me, if I hate everything I played, I'm going to be very surprised if anyone digs it. That ha that does happen sometimes, though. I would say at that point, I would question the accuracy. Or sincerity. Attention. Sure. Like, like they're trying to make it, you feel good or something. Or, or like, they, they want to feel good about the fact that they drove out to see me play. And they're like, they want to salvage their time and be like, They're like, oh, it was, it was cool. It was cool. It was, yeah. cool. It was pretty good. Because you know, otherwise, if you're, you're like, a loser, and I came out to watch you, I'm even more of a loser because it's a loser watching a loser. You know? <laughs> That's even worse. That's oh, even worse. Yeah, it reflects badly on them if they hate it. it so does. they're like, <laughs> we we talked about this before, right? Like, at what point should someone stop listening to us to talk? If so they don't like it instantly. It, right? I agree. I listening. <laughs> you're the sucker. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So 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 when we're playing shows, we should be like, you like it, right? You don't hate it because if you hated it, you wouldn't be here, right? We should really like play into it. But it's also it's also something I'm saying too, where it's like uh, like uh, when we were just playing. There were uh, at several of our performances, mm -hmm. the sound was less than optimal for various reasons, right? Would you say all of our performances? Probably, actually, I think all. Of them. I think a hundred percent of them. Like it, when it, and it, when we say less than optimal, we mean quite a bit. Like, like, like opti there's a big space between where we were and where optimal is. Sure, I mean, <laughs> we could start. We could start with the engineer knowing how to turn on phantom power. Ooh, that would have been. That would have been much more optimal. I think he did know. My 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 suspicion is he was so defensive that he'd said it was on when it wasn't. Oh, and then if he turns it on, he looks like a like a yep. jack. I think. Uh, oh, that's so petty. I agree. He's but like, sound oh, people are always petty. But but you could just, dude, you could play that off so easily. Be like, oh, actually, well, let me turn up the gain a little bit more and see if that. Happens. And, and be like, uh, oh. <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, we just need a little more gain. How's that sound? It's easy. Just play it off. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I, I don't like it when people blame my gear for their... Pro oh. Oh, well, that happened to me at a, another show we had where he said it was my my uh, my pedals cutting out when it was their <sighs> shitty outlet. You know, this is why I like acoustic instruments. It's just they can't go very loud. But when those things happened, uh, in all of these cases... We had a certain number of people paying attention to us. Yes. And what I've learned from other situations is that, like, without sounding too, too, uh, like, uh, psychological or spiritual or like, like, uh, outside of body, I don't know how to describe mm -hmm. it, right? But people can sense energy to some degree. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and just the same as like if you're pissed at someone and you just like mad dog them and you don't change your facial expression, they can be like, Oh, why are they staring at me like that? People can feel the same. If I if I just act like I'm playing harder and I like and I try to exude energy, you know, people sense that. You yeah. know? So yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's it, true. It, it, I mean it, it, it's a it's a trick I use 
if I'm bullshitting a little bit on stage, like at a jam, uh, like if I can't if I can't figure out the chord they're going to by ear or something, mm. I just start like rocking out with my body a little bit more. Uh, it actually does work. Like I I would say it works about thirty percent. I see. It'll it'll allow me to get through or whatever. Like that shitty jam we had. Oh I mean that was God. bad. Oh my god. That was one of the worst times I've had on stage in my life. Oh. <laughs> <So bad. laughs> oh. All right. Oh. All right. I don't want to relive that. No, no. That's you should. too bad. You should cherish it. No. All right. All right. All right. Rose, Rosie's time. questions. Wait, wait, wait. But what, all I was going to say is that I think though in those situations, like it, after that, where we had a chance to like, oh, we're going to play this. Uh, we're going to play, but we have more control over our setting and things still still didn't work right. Mm-hmm. I in my mindset, I was mad. Oh right? yeah. Cuz I was like I traveled, I've waited to do this like there the only thing we can really gain from this being the setting it is is to gain like fans and experience. Yep. Right? And I'm like how are we going to get more fans? Well, we gained experience. The There's lessons learned from that. There are. But how are we going to gain fans if they can't even hear what we're playing? Yep. Right? And and the reality is that acoustic bass is not it's it's not a, a, a drum set. It's not plugged into an amplifier. And so it needs to be amplified if it's going to be projected to a larger audience, yeah. right? So I'm like, how are we going to get fans if they can't hear what we're doing, right? But then that's also where I was like, oh, if I still want to salvage this, I have to get over my own trip in my head about yep. how the gear is and how I want it to be, and I have to perform, yep, right? Even though I'm like, because like the second part of this like is like compromise, right? I was totally compromised in my mind because like I can't play how I want to. Like the instrument won't do what I like. I can't play the same way dynamically or with sensitivity because it's not there. So I'm right. like, okay, I just have to do as much as I can, and I'm gonna compromise. Like, but you did. Like, you you got there. You you held it down on the bass. I thought. I was trying to, but like. I still, I thought you did. I felt supported by you, even though my instrument was feedback. Yeah, it's fun stuff. So wait, wait we should Dude. finish this question. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think have we have we answered it? Not at all, but. A little bit. I think we're getting there. Does we're the sorry. artist bear responsibility or obligation to the consumer? Does an artist? No. I, I think – so if you're producing – this is the problem. Like if you're commissioned to do a certain piece – if it, so this is what I would say. If you hire Sap and Claw to write a song about a topic, right, and you want us to come perform that song for your right. event, and you're like, I want a song about gun safety, guys. Okay, cool. <laughs> rule number one is da da da, da, da. and then yeah, yeah. of course there is rule number two, which is da da da. da. This is. Did you learn that from the John Mayer class? That is golden. Anthony. <laughs> Make sure you file that one away, man. Jeez. Oh, but but yeah. So if they hire us to do that, and then we come and sing a song glorifying, <laughs> glorifying reckless fire in the desert, you know. Like, don't follow any of these rules that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, don't do it. Yeah, do what I say, but don't. Right? If we do that, then we're not. Yeah, if we're commissioned. But if we're just doing what we want to do, there is no obligation. Yeah. Right? And I think if people, so it's, it's only if they actually control what we're producing. But at that point, like, it's still art, but it's manufactured. So if, if we're playing a show where there's a cover, we're we're telling people we want you to come and listen to us and pay that yeah. cover. Yeah. You don't have to, and you paying that cover gives you no influence over what we do. We just want so. you to come and pay the cover. Yeah. 
That's our desire. Give me your money, but I don't owe anything to you. I, right. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's quite, a, that, right, that, that's quite a position to be in. I mean, that's a good position to be in. It's very powerful. It is, but it's also very, uh, it could be very much a failure if no one comes or if they come in and be like, go back to the door and be like, hey, I've heard one song and this sucks. Give me my, my 15 bucks back now. Like, I'm leaving. I'm going to another bar because I do not like what I'm hearing. And then we have a choice. We can be like, oh, no, no, don't leave. Check this out. Oh, you didn't like that? How about this? But at that point, that's what I'm saying. Like, that could still be considered art. But then it's like, like at that point, like maybe this is getting to the thing of like, is a, is a soup can art? Oh, it's reflecting society. Okay, dude, it's a soup can. Like, maybe it is, maybe well, it's not. Well, a soup can isn't art, but an Andy Warhol is art, right? That's what I'm making fun of. Like, I don't I, I don't get it. Well, but the soup it can is. itself isn't art. Yeah. You can make a soup can art if you want to. I, I don't know, man. All right. All right, second part, the chaser, the chaser. Yeah, so we got halfway through it, right? Should you change anything you plan for the second set? Depends on what you want. Yeah, that depends on your goal. If you're trying to be commercial... Yes, right. In the sense of like, you want to make an economic decision of I want them to like me so they yeah. give me more money than you would. But I think although you like, you'd have to be a little careful about that because it is not a very appealing move to be like, oh, you didn't like me. Well, how about this? How about that? Like what I just said about the guy leaving. It doesn't have to be that. It could just be like, like it could just be like you get back up for your second half and like, hey man, we're only playing a girl from Ipanema for the next hour, okay? Girl from Ipanema. That's all we're gonna play. Right. Dude, the the lyrics to that. As a side note, I yeah. I've played that tune. I'd never really looked or listened to the lyrics. I looked up the lyrics because somebody because I was you. singing it for yeah. the that jazz gig I do at Merrill Garden sometimes. The lyrics are so stupid. What is it? Tall and tan, young and lovely. The girl from Ipanema goes walking, and when she's walking, each one she, or when she passes each one she passes goes ah <laughs> ah oh what's the bridge oh but i love her so badly, badly? how can i matt probably how can i tell her i love her yeah so she's a, like a an item of of admiration it's it's it, it, it it's the it's it's creep before Radiohead existed. Ah. Uh, right? Objectify me. Dude. Dude. <laughs> if so, have you compromised your art in any way? 100%. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you have. 100%. In any way, in many ways. In all ways. And then these next parts, I don't think they matter. Or actually, you know, wait, 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 wait. This be fair. What if, what if, what if Sap and Claude goes on to become like award-winning but it's only because they like uh be careful what i say right that catches on with a pe- segment of the population and they're like i oh, bet it what yeah i, say, I bet i, I know what segment yeah yeah right so th- let's say that that happens uh-huh. and then we come up with another album right and they're like no no and we go to the show and we're like oh here's our new set and everyone's like no we won't be careful what i say we're like guys that was in the past we don't play that song anymore no we want it right we've actually flipped our opinion on those ideas right 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 right. it's like i'm like a quarter man just keep flipping heads tails you know you know right but would that be 
see because like uh what if you're like a like a legacy artist is that what you call them someone who's been around for so long uh-huh. right like you're a figure like i don't know like uh like sting or something mm-hmm. right you're a legacy artist like uh paul mccartney yeah right paul mccartney refuses to play love me do love love wait me he do. does i didn't know that no i'm saying this this imagine oh. that he refuses yeah. to play it right or this even say better the fab four like that like they're a beatles cover band yeah right and they're like oh we're not gonna do anything from sergeant that would be hilarious if a beatles cover band had lines about which (laughs) i don't know why that's so funny to me what is a beatles cover band not like saying like we've moved on we we only do late beatles now (laughs) we only do rubber maybe some rubber we'll do some uh, revolver you know, Rubber Soul, we'll do some of that stuff. That is the but, most but no hilarious idea to me of all time. I'm not going to ever Dude. hold your hand again. <laughs> Never will I hold your hand. It's like that scene from Step Brothers, the wedding, where there's the Billy Joel cover band, but it's only 80s Billy Joel. There you go. So people are calling out, like, the stranger, only the good die young. They're like, that's fucking 70s. We only do 80s Joel. <laughs> we told you. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> So is that a compromise? Maybe it is. If you say you won't do it anymore. Does, if so, have you compromised your art in any way? Yes. In some ways. In if all ways, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think it depends. These, these questions have multifacets. It, it depends on what side you want to champion, so to speak. If you know? 90% of the audience hated it and 10% loved it, tell the 10% to go fight the 90%. Ah. Start a mosh pit. Not resistance. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, if a hundred percent of the audience thought it was only okay, then that's like the worst situation of all time. That's, that's pretty the bad. Most, that's the most bored. Like that's when you go home and you quit music. Yeah, I hate. So wait, like wait. That. Those well, are the what worst. What would a kind of okay response look like? Would you they're get like, applause? They're like, oh yeah, yeah. You do. You you get like there's like a blip after you stop playing because they weren't listening and so they didn't know that the song was over and they go, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And then there's like a smattering. Of... Oh, so it's like everyone's like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Clap, clap. That that has what happened. Do, do you know what song that happens the most on in our set? What? Be careful what I say. Uh-oh. So we got... <laughs> so do we compromise the art, Anthony? <laughs> we got we to gotta juice up the ending a little bit. I see. We got it. We got to juice it. We got to put it on some roids. Yeah. All right. I think I think I think we did it with this question. Nice. So, is there anything else we want to hit before we move to the bonus? We got to do value for value. Okay. Because we need about? we need value, dude. We need money. Yeah. Uh, uh, money money would be helpful. It would be incredibly helpful. If you, you know what money would actually would money would help us do is money would help us have a lot more shows. Yeah. where you all can come and see us Cut an anywhere. Album. So like in, in LA and Austin, a lot more, but other cities like Madison or Minneapolis we, or are Milwaukee. Are we going to Idaho, you said at some point? I want to. Gonna, Dude, the, chal- get, the Chalice Festival. I want to play that next time. We got to hit up Idaho, man. And yeah, I think dude. actually what you were saying, like we, we should, uh, I mean, I probably can't do it on my next trip, but the the following out to, to Texas, man, we should we should try to hit up San Antonio, man. Yes. Yep. We should we should have San Antonio. Yep. Uh, maybe Houston. I feel Houston is a whole nother scene though. We could play Super Happy Funland. Dude, we gotta do a Texas tour. Yeah, man, let's do it. And and that's right next to that's like on the on the border, right? So yeah. Can't we hop over? Well, no. Arkansas. 
the Louisiana. Houston? Yeah. No, it's not on the border. I thought it was. Is it further south? Am I thinking this wrong? It, it's 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 basically on the Gulf. So we got to drive up north along the the coast. What? I'm gonna look north the along the coast. You said it's in the Gulf. Yeah. Am I not thinking of my geography correct at all? Let me look at the map. The Gulf of Mexico. There's no coast in the north of Texas. No, I'm saying go. No, we can go to. We can go to Lafayette, dude. Yeah. Okay, so Houston, I think, is a five-hour drive to New Orleans. I think it's. Oh, two I don't. Hours. I don't want to go New Orleans, dude. I'm scared. I, I think it's two hours from the Louisiana. Part. I'd be scared of New Orleans, man. You talk about people playing like the free jazz and stuff, man. Those people have their emotions down, man. Those yeah. street musicians, they yeah. terrify me. That that's a whole different like. We gotta do it. Problem, all right, man. we're doing it. All right, guys. So uh, listen, listen, listen. Everybody listening, I need you to listen to me. I need you to make it so that I can make Brother Nate play with me in New Orleans, and oh money will do that. Yes, money would do that. I know. <laughs> Dude, you know that? What's her name? Does, uh, don't you all want to see me make him play in New Orleans? Come oh, what's, on. What's her, what's her name? Uh, Who? Dorian or Dorlene? Darlene? Ooh. I can't remember her name, but it's this uh, lady clarinet player in New Orleans. She's a street performer. Oh, cool. She plays clarinet. Nice. Dang, man. Yeah, this dang, all of them are dang, man. Oh, my God. Dude, those tuba players playing, like, walking bass lines. I know, dude. And they just know all these songs. Imagine doing that with your air. Imagine having to sing all those lines. Th those guys are champions. They're like Vikings. They're playing something. sousaphone. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That, 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 that looks fun, man. All right, so, so value for value. So we yes. this is why we need value. Okay, so value for value. We're not actually the only podcast. I've heard other – so the, this 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 idea that, that Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak started with their No Agenda podcast is actually catching on, and they're talking about writing a value for value book because they really like how many people are talking about this idea. And they got to cash in on it. Of course. Why wouldn't they? That's the idea. Because that's their value. Exactly. So value for value, it means that if we provide value to you through our music, through our podcast, whatever, we need value in response. It is an advanced form of bartering. The same thing. Yes. Yeah, I know. You, lo you love it. <laughs> it's an advanced form of bartering so that if I give something to you, I need something in return for that uh, of, of equal value. So that can be money, which is probably the easiest way to do it. We have our Venmo. We, you can donate Bitcoin. Uh, you can sign up on our Patreon. We got all that money. Can you put it right here so I can go like? Ooh. I can put it wherever I want. Do I can like move that. it. I want to go like this. Can you move it? All right. Now you're making you're making work for me, but I can do it. Yeah. I'm gonna have it do. I'm gonna have it move, but not with your hand. I'll do it in <laughs> so other like, places. <laughs> my swan in right. Ah, the Venmo's trying to hit me. Ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has malaria. Uh, I'm not doing all that work. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah but the other thing is things that uh we would love are um logos for episodes mm -hmm. so if you want to submit art for logos uh intro outro music would be awesome uh if you sign up on our patreon you can submit topics or questions for us to talk about on the show um segment jingles as we start adding segments things like that uh, our bonus episodes don't have any intro or outro music currently, so there is a there is this place. And also, for any of you graphic designers out there, we are looking for logos for stickers. Yes. 
so we can stick them places. Yep. All right. So let's uh, let's go over to our bonus episode now. So for any patrons, you can have access to our bonus episode. Bonus and time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. All right. So cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening. Salute. This is your afternoon tonic.